Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Filters. I'm your co-host Lizzie. And I'm Aaron. Today's episode is going to be about non-negotiables. We're going to talk about our deal breakers, but as per usual, before we get into that, we're going to do a week recap. Yeah, it's been a pretty quiet week this week. Well, there's football playoffs this weekend and my favorite team was playing Lizzie's father's favorite team. So we made a bet on the game and I was super excited because up until the last probably three minutes of the game, the Packers were beating the 49ers and then they just decided to run the ball with Christian McCaffrey and absolutely crush my soul. I've never seen you so crushed by any sport in a long time. Finally thought I had something to... Gloat about, about to your yeah. dad and then it just and he said it too he was like oh you better have the towel ready like they're gonna come back and i just and you guys uh, were betting it on a really nice bottle of wine it's called camus i don't know i've been drinking it with my dad for a while and uh, on very special occasions Aaron and i will have it and so that was what the bet was on so we owe my dad a bottle of camus that was that was a soul crushing defeat but live and learn move on green bay should be good for the next few years so that's something to look forward to i guess but yeah. other than that pretty chill week yeah, we hosted a lot of people, not a lot of people, but it seemed like Friday, Saturday and Sunday night we had people over. It was really special. I like having people over and cooking for them and setting nice dishes and whatnot. I do want to mention and give Aaron a big shout out. He made me a very special dinner, short braised ribs that I've been craving for a while and it turned out amazing. We made them, uh, well, I guess I made them, but Lizzie definitely participated in. I helped you out. It be. It- I, it was a little too much for me to handle with my cooking experience, and we bought a little too much, so we had to improvise, and the oven space and stovetop space was... It was a hustle. Yeah, it was, it was a hassle, but hey, it turned out... I thought it turned out pretty friggin' good. It was a really special dinner because I like to cook probably 95% of the time. I like my cooking. I think it's very therapeutic. I like trying new recipes. And I don't know, a while ago, Aaron and I made a deal that at least once a week, he tried and cooked me some dinner, but... I feel like you missed a few weeks, maybe a few months there for a bit. So I wanted something really special from him. I wanted to make him work for it. Yeah. And you know, you deserve it, but uh, you definitely deserve it. So we went to the farmer's market, got some good short ribs. I think Uh, that makes all the difference. Yeah, that definitely helped. And then we used uh, red wine sauce and hopefully that doesn't count as cheating on our 45 No, because it all burns off, right? It was cooking for so many hours. At that point, it's just all the sweetness that's left over. I don't know. Maybe we should look that up. I don't think I don't think we broke it. I definitely didn't feel drunk eating the meal. Me either, but yeah, who knows. Anyway, but it turned out great. I thought, I don't know, not to pat myself on the back, but I thought I did a really good job and I give you a 10 out of 10. I've only ever had short ribs and if you're from Cape Breton, you would know this in boiled dinner and I was never really a big short rib guy, but that was the best short rib meal I've ever had. It was the fanciest meal we've ever had in this apartment, too. And the fact that it came from you. Yeah, you know what? That's, good job, that's a babe. good point. Thank I you. appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, one other thing I guess we will mention is for the last three nights, we've been trying this new thing. I mean, I fully found it on TikTok and I was convinced and I just hopped on the train. It's called a Sleepy Girl Mocktail. If you guys have heard of it or seen it on TikTok or maybe the fact that you're listening to this episode now, maybe you'll see it on your For You page, but... I love it. I love stuff like this. It's like health and wellness. And I made Erin try it with me. Yeah. And she tried to poison me with it, I'm pretty sure, because... Oh, I put way too much in. Yeah. The un... <laughs> like, I didn't read the back of the label. <laughs> I thought it had like a really strong taste. So after the 
Well, the first night. Well, no, you made two like that. And then I came to the third one you were making for me or for us. Yeah. I was like, all right, I got to watch what you're doing here. And she took a heaping ta- tablespoon of whatever the magnesium powder, I think it is. Yeah. Put it in the drink. And I was like, okay, like this is a small jar. Let me read the directions. You're supposed to put in just enough to have a teaspoon of it. And Lizzie was putting a heaping tablespoon of it. We both felt a little funny in our stomach. And it was because I put way too much in like probably two or three times the amount. But on the third night last night, I finally got it right. And you had a great night of sleep also. It was the first night I actually had a good sleep since we started drinking the whatever it's called. Hot girl sleepy mocktail. Yeah, it's supposed to help you calm, relax, have a good night, sleep and rest. And. If you guys are looking to try it out, I got the one from Moon Juice on Sephora. It was like $58. It comes with a ton of servings if you follow the proper directions. Hmm. And I love it. It has L-theanine, which is really great for promoting calmness and decreasing stress and helping with people who have insomnia. I don't think we have insomnia, but some nights we have a harder time sleeping. So I do it with pomegranate juice because that's really good for like digestion and fertility and hormone balance. Fertility, not for you, but I think more so for the female. But we'll let you guys know how that's going. Yeah. Do you like doing these things with me? I always make you do random shit. Is that bad? Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll be your uh, test guinea pig. Dummy. Your guinea pig is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like testing you on it because it's like all the girls do it. So I'm like, does it actually work? Is it actually good? So when I get like a male participant, I like it when you join me on these things. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I didn't just give up after the first two because I don't know. It does taste pretty good, but yeah. Man, you were putting way too much of that. I know, my bad. The problem is I get really excited about some things and then I don't really fully look into how to do it, how to make it. Obviously, read the instructions. I definitely thought I read the back, but I didn't see that. And then you checked and yeah, my bad. Anyways, that's it. That's our week. Yeah. Let's get into the episode. Let's go. Today's episode is going to be about deal breakers. And these might not necessarily be deal breakers for everyone, but these are definitely some relationship deal breakers that Lizzie and I sat down, talked about. And for us, these definitely would have been deal breaker things. And that's not to say that some of these things happen or I would do some of these things once in a while or Lizzie would do some of these things once in a while. It's not necessarily if your partner has done these things, it's a relationship deal breaker. But if they consistently do these things, then yeah, I think definitely it would be relationship deal breakers. We have a list of 20 deal breakers that we want to go through. Some of them are a bit more serious. We've got some fun ones in there as well that we have within a relationship. But I feel like we should first discuss what a deal breaker is. I feel like maybe there's different connotations out there of what it is. So for us, a relationship deal breaker is something that automatically disqualifies someone as a dating prospect. So it's something that you can't see yourself living with, that you can't overlook, and you deem it unacceptable. So in past dating experiences, have you found yourself being in relationships where you like caught yourself in realizing that you don't like something about this partner because it's a deal breaker and then you ended the relationship? Maybe we can share some backstories on that before we get to our list. I don't know if I've ever had that really. Most of the people, I guess subconsciously, consciously have vetted them out prior to engaging in a relationship with them but yeah I like I could see if I was someone who had been on the hunt for a while and then got to know some people and then these things came up I would probably want to vet them a little further but for me as long as you're good to me and love me then I think for the most part you're probably a pretty good person sometimes you can't really find these deal breakers until you're like a bit more into the relationship and then you see a bit more of the true colors and what the actual relationship is going to pan out to be for me my deal breakers like I didn't have any when I was in elementary school junior high high school 
even like you don't think about those things long term. Yeah, it's and you're still a friggin' child at that point. So like in elementary school, was it like, oh, he can't hang from the monkey bars? Deal breaker. Yeah, no, I know. I feel like these deal breakers, you start to learn them over time after dating so many people. So for me, like when I think of a deal breaker, it's like I'm not going to think about it with someone that I can't imagine spending my life with. So there's no point to it. So I don't think deal breakers really matter if you're dating casually, right? Like you're just finding the positives and the negatives with people and finding what you like and don't like. These are more deal breakers for the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with potentially or someone you see yourself being with for a very long time. If you're just casually hanging out, then, you know, a lot of these won't even matter. If you're going through bad dating experiences too, when you start to realize your worth over time, then these new deal breakers start to come up. And some of these deal breakers, you just subconsciously have them ingrained in your mind from your childhood. So it could just be simply from the way that your family grew up, that you saw your family relationship. So you just saw off the top of your head that these are absolute deal breakers. But some of them just come later on. So let's let's get started on our list. So the first one, oh, this is, I think you and I have slightly different perspectives on this. To me, this is like a number one deal breaker is being rude to people in public, in the service industry. I can't stand it. I'm definitely not as hard on this one myself. Part of the reason I say this is when I was a kid, like probably up until I was 14, I used to just, without trying, be rude to servers. Like I wouldn't say thank you. I would just say this is what I want. Goodbye. Whatever. I, I wouldn't say I was like overly trying to be rude but yeah but you're a kid you're not like an adult doing this now it's so different when you're a kid like whatever i give passes to kids i was in the service industry yeah that's fair okay i guess it's a little different being a kid but if you're there's definitely a line if If they're straight up rude can't handle it yeah like if you're not treating them like human beings and you're treating them like hey fucking do this for me then yeah i agree that's definitely a major deal breaker but i feel like that's something that you can bring up with the person and say, hey, why are you being this rude to the person? And you can say they might not even realize they're doing it and they can be like, oh, shit, I didn't know I was doing that. Thank you for bringing that up. Like, let me try and change over time. Yeah, I think that's a good way to explain it. It's a good approach. But I have been on dates where the guy didn't say thank you to the waiter, waitress, didn't even look them in the eye. Like, sometimes I'll try and strike up a conversation and they don't even want to participate in it. I know people have good and bad days, but I don't know, something about me that irks me from growing up. Like my dad, all both my parents, they were just like, always be nice to people in the service industry. Both my parents were in the service industry growing up. And I myself have worked in the service industry as a waitress. And I being on the flip side of it, I can't imagine. It, it just puts a bad taste in my mouth. I feel like I'm pretty extreme on the line of this. And this goes for friends too, not just romantic relationships. If I've got friends who are rude to waiters and waitresses, I have no problem being like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you being like this? This is not cool. I think before it's a deal breaker, that's a conversation you need to have with someone. But either way, still definitely big red flag. And if it continues to happen, then I wouldn't want to be with that person. Yeah. On to number two, someone who isn't willing to get to know your friends and family. For me, this is a big one. Yeah, This is a really, really big one. If you're going to be dating someone long term and they don't care to get to know your friends and family, like, what what's their deal? Either they're possessive or controlling, and that's already a really bad sign, so gotta end it. If they don't want to meet your friends and family, there's definitely some deeper thing going on there. And again, it might be subconscious for that person, not realizing they're doing it. So I always have a conversation with them before this, but something's going on there. And I'm someone who's very close to my family, very close to my friends. So 
if my partner didn't want to at least get to know my friends and family, then I, I just wouldn't be able to do it. Unless there's a difference too if the partner you're dating isn't getting along with everybody in your family and friends or just I guess maybe even like them, which is fine. But there's a line between being cordial, being very kind and respectful in the setting and the place. But your friends and family are a pretty darn good representation of who you are as a person. And so if your partner isn't getting along with them or doesn't want to get to know them, what's the point? Like, what are you going to do? Only hang out with your partner and then everybody else separately? That's just not sustainable for a healthy relationship. No, I agree. Some people have shitty friends too. That's true. If your partner has shitty friends, then I would then go to my partner and be like, you have a shitty friend. Like, maybe you should rethink about your relationship with them because this is not a good representation of you. And I just don't think they're a good influence on you. That is that is completely different. Obviously, a good conversation to have with your partner. Yeah, I'm going to say this right now. I think that for all of these that we're talking about, definitely have the conversation with the person because, again, they may not realize they're doing it. But I definitely think there's something fishy going on if you don't want to get to know their friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that also as a couple, it prevents you from being able to make good friendships together. So we have friends in our lives that we've made together, friends separately. But when I think about the long term and my life moving forward with you, I always have in mind our closest friends and family and our friends become our family at some point too, right? Yeah, it's really important. Point number three, let's move on, is you and your partner not agreeing religiously on, yeah, I, I don't know, just like not aligning on your beliefs. I guess part of this is how how religious you are as a person is how big of a deal breaker this may be. I just know, I guess, like you and I, I we're, yeah. we're not very religious either way. Whatever we believe in, maybe we can get into that in another episode, but we're not very religious. One of my buddies, his parents, I know, like his mom's side of his family, super religious. They go to church every Sunday. He used to go as a kid. Mother, grandmother all used to go. And his father was just like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. But I'm not coming with you. And that worked great for them. Like they loved each other. They still love each other. And yeah, there's certain boundaries you can set too with your partner. Like if you are Catholic Christian or you're Jewish, like I know lots of people out there who mix their cultures and religious beliefs and traditions together, which I think is so sweet because it opens your mind up to what other people are believing in and maybe you become interested in it, which I think is absolutely great. But if you're a very hard stance on whatever religious or spiritual beliefs that you have and your partner isn't willing to be accommodating or understanding or give you the space to be able to pursue and continue to live your life in that way, then it's not going to work. So for me, I grew up going to the Catholic school for elementary, junior high. You also grew up Catholic, but you didn't go to specific schools for that religion. Yeah, I went to church every Sunday until I was about like seven or eight years old. And then my family just decided like, eh, whatever, like believing in it. Nah, God, I feel like we're getting a little too spicy here. But I know maybe this will be another episode. But as adults, we have made our own decisions to just, I don't know, like not really. I guess you and I are, I'm just going to say we're not religious. We're, I think, probably lean on more of the spiritual side. But for us, it works out great. For Aaron and I, this isn't really a problem, but we can definitely understand that why it could be for other people. So it's all about being accommodating, you know, finding a happy medium for what works for you as a couple. So there's no issue with if you go on a date with someone, they have a completely different belief than you. Over time, you can start to mesh them together, which is, I think, even more lovely. Okay, on to number four. Now, this is definitely one that's probably bigger for Lizzie than myself because I do not care at all. Someone who doesn't post you on social media. Okay, so I have to stop you right there. I only put this on there because I feel like online, everybody's like, you shouldn't care if your partner posts you or doesn't post you on social media. But I think there's like a range, right? So if you're both social media influencers and you do stuff online, 
I think it is pretty sus if you don't post your partner at all in your stories or your Instagram feed. I say I post you like probably maybe once a month on my story, not even sometimes I'll go longer. And then on my feed, I do the traditional birthdays, the holiday cameos if we're on vacation together, but I'm not every photo is you. Yeah, I think, well, probably for me, like seven or eight of my last 10 photos involve you just because of like, yeah, I don't post mainly anything for myself. I may post this month, actually. Why? Let's see. But if someone is posting a lot on social media and they're not posting their significant other, then I would say that's maybe a deal breaker. I don't know. For me, this is so far from being a deal breaker, but I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, it's not in your mind. It's just more so maybe we need to expand this a little bit of someone who's very secretive of their social media once you're in a committed relationship to even maybe share that. So like maybe they're doing something fishy over the DMs or people's photos that they're liking. Maybe we can bring it up, but like I think a pretty, pretty fair deal breaker that I think most girls would agree on is your significant other or partner liking photos of girls of pictures that are very seductive now girls hear me out like i know you're agreeing with me on this and there's maybe probably a few people who are like who cares about that like women are beautiful when aaron and i are walking down the street and i see someone really gorgeous i'm like wow she's so hot she's so pretty and you like agree with me you don't agree with me whatever we have very open conversations about it but do you do you know what i'm saying like Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, One of my old basketball coaches told me one time, like, just because you're on a diet doesn't mean you can't look at the menu. But there's definitely uh, a certain line of where you should find your partner to be the most beautiful person in the world. But I don't know, people have eyes, they know what's out there. But all of this to say that if all you're doing on your social media is liking pictures of other girls, and you're trying to keep your relationship secret. Yeah, that's a no, no. Yeah following girls on OnlyFans or TikTok stars who are doing X, Y, and Z. That's a little bit weird. There's nothing wrong with liking your girls' pictures that you've known even prior to being in a relationship with your partner through like your close friends or people you grew up with. Absolutely go ahead, like their photo, be a supportive friend online. But yeah, that's on point number four. Do we have anything else we want to talk about with that? I think that's it. Yeah, I'd say that's it. It goes into this next point, which is that you don't connect physically. Do you want to talk about this? I mean, for me, physical attraction is so important. Like when I first met you, I think our chemistry, not even just physically, but on an emotional level, was there immediately. I feel like people want to talk about looks aren't everything. I totally understand. But there's a level of connection that you need to sustain a long lasting relationship. If you want to be with them forever, I personally would not be with someone that I'm not physically attracted to. What do you think? No, I agree. I'm sure there's some people out there that genuinely do not care whatsoever about physical attraction. But I'd say at least 90% of people that plays a factor. So yeah, we're human beings. We like looking at things that catches our personal eye and attention and I like what I like you like what you like if as a girl you like guys with big arms and that are really muscular or you like a guy with a sexy dad bod like go for it but that's what you're into like it, it doesn't matter and for a guy's perspective like boobs butt whatever you're into this is important basically the deal breaker would be if you're not physically attracted to someone like It's just, I don't know, man, it's not going to work. And I think you're doing yourself a disservice or maybe you're not being honest or very truthful to yourself or your partner. If you're maybe dating them for wrong reasons, if you're not physically attracted to them, maybe it's something else that you're into about them that if that's a good or a bad thing. Who knows? We're not experts on the topic by any means, but... These are our deal breakers. Definitely for us, deal breaker would be if you're not connected physically to that other person. 
Yeah. Next point, number six, is this is massive. Is if your partner, if you and your partner have a different stance on children. This is my probably number one deal breaker. All I've ever wanted to do in my life is become a father and try to be a good father. And I would not be able to be with someone who did not want to have children with me. It's one thing, like people have medical conditions where they can't have children. That's totally fine. Like that wouldn't be a deal breaker for me. But if it was someone that didn't want children at all, didn't want to raise children or at least a child, like for me, that is... Who like hates kids or hates babies. And there are people out there like that, which... There's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, everybody, if you can find another person who also doesn't want to have kids, that's great. But I know for you, you wanted all your life to at some point be a father. So it is a massive deal breaker for you. I think Lizzie already said this, but it's definitely fine if you don't want to have children. Like, whatever, just make sure you find another person that doesn't want to have children with you. And I think once you really start to fall in love with someone or before you fall in love with someone, have that conversation with them because you don't want to fall madly in love with someone, be with them for a few years. And then, you know, you start talking about it and one person is adamant against children and the other one is fully with children. I don't know. We saw we've been watching Suits lately. And in the episode we just watched, Lewis Litt had to, you know, him and his, I don't know what you want to call it, fiance, I guess, broke up because she just didn't want to have kids. She wanted to live, enjoy her life. And that was all Lewis ever wanted. So, yeah. Yeah. I haven't flip-flopped recently in the last like five years. Actually, in the last five years, every year I'm getting older, I've never wanted kids more. I always joke about it with Aaron, but if you were like, yeah, I'm ready to have kids tomorrow, I'd be like, let's go right now. I want babies. But when I was growing up, like maybe in junior high, high school, I potentially saw myself living a really good and happy, fulfilling life without having kids. I think at that point I had seen my life path to be way more career focused. What I think is really sweet is maybe if you meet someone that really did want to have kids and you maybe knew that you didn't and you expressed that to them, sometimes you can hope that you can change people's minds. And I think it has worked out for some people really great. Maybe it's vice versa. You're with someone who wants kids and you don't want it and you somehow convince them to maybe seeing the maybe the grass is greener on the other side. What I'm trying to say here is it's not a big deal if off the bat you're in between of what you want and don't want in life. But if you for a fact know that you do or don't want to have kids, if you're not aligned on that, it's a hard problem to fix. I saw a relationship expert say one thing counseling couple therapy cannot fix is people's stances on children. It's just such a like natural part of, I think every living being is reproduce. So if it's like, if you have that drive in you, it's almost like it's, near, I assume, nearly impossible to quell. So anyway, that was the number one deal breaker for me on this list. And I think very important to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Point next. number seven is someone who can't hold a meaningful conversation. I'm not saying I need to be with someone who just wants to have like super in-depth conversations all of the time, but find someone who is willing to have meaningful conversations when it's necessary. I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. That is exactly it. You don't have to be having super meaningful conversations every day. I like when you and I come home from work or I get home from work and we might have a day where we just chill. We'll talk about our days, but nothing really meaningful. And we might go a week or a month without having a really meaningful conversation. But yeah, when we do need to have meaningful conversations, we're we get good. pretty into it. Yeah. And it just it helps you build such a bond with your partner that, yeah, I don't know. Don't be don't be scared to let your emotions out, people. 
how are you supposed to get to know someone if they don't stimulate you intellectually? You and I have different interests as well when it comes to politics or different things that are happening in life or celebrity gossip or our own personal goals and ambitions. And usually before bed is when you and I tend to have the most meaningful conversations or sometimes when we're out for a nice walk or out for a nice hike. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being with someone who's just all very surface level and didn't want to get down deep and talk about some real shit. This is a given. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty big deal breaker for most people. Next one, lies, liars, people who lie a lot. Oh my God. What are they called? Compulsive liars? Is that like the term people use for people who just can't help themselves? Yeah. I think. Oh my God. I I dated a compulsive liar. I feel it was, I don't know, probably when I was like in junior high, but this really sticks with me. Obviously, this isn't a serious relationship, but there's a difference between white lies that you say to your partner to just help ease the burn or maybe the bad news. But if you're explicitly out there lying about things you've done in your life or people in your life or your experiences and everybody can see through it, it's so embarrassing. It's just and like that's not someone you want to like you want to be able to trust your partner and fully be able to rely on them when you need them to. But if they're just constantly lying, it's just I don't know. No trust. It's not Sometimes that. they build up over time, too. It's like you don't notice it at first and then you start dating them more and then you start to piece things together and you start to ask certain questions and you catch them red-handed i just yeah this is a bad one this also goes for lying about past relationships like there's a difference between not wanting to talk about it people who lie and go out and cheat like that's obviously a massive deal yeah. breaker but this doesn't include the white lies for us if you're at work and actually let me know if you want me to include this in the podcast i can take it out but sometimes aaron will go and get lunch at work and he'll tell me he's eating something healthy because I like to live a healthy lifestyle. I'm like, don't be eating shitty food when you're out and getting food for lunch. And Aaron will tell me he went and got Subway or something healthy. One time I got in his car and there was a pizza, like Kenny's pizza or Alexandra's pizza plate and the napkin and the bag that was stamped with the logo. <laughs> listen people sometimes you just need a slice of pizza and see that's that's a white lie i do that sometimes maybe i'll go up the boys say i had two beers and i actually had four or five or six beers but yeah. those things aren't like you can lie once in a while it's not a big deal yeah. if i buy something online and like aaron's like how much was it <laughs> <laughs> i i may drop a couple bucks down or like i may increase the sale price the, things like that it's not bad it's not actually financially hurting us in significant ways and maybe if you're gonna go hang out with the boys and you're spending money on things you might not exactly tell me the amount whatever i think you and i have a really good understanding of you don't lie about certain shit because it's going to come out later and it's not going to be good but things like that who gives a fuck yeah and i now <laughs> we got to be a little asterisk here don't lie about your finances yeah don't big time like if it's like Aaron 20 and I bucks are... here and there sure whatever yeah. but if it's uh, hundreds and thousands of dollars like that's another issue or you... i went i spent a thousand dollars gambling on something like that that's don't yeah don't do that Aaron. at least for us we have comforted knowing like you have seen my bank statements i have seen your bank statements we're very open because we like share a card to buy a bunch of different things there's really not that much to hide especially with us going through the house stuff i know aaron's not going beyond his means and he knows i'm not doing that either i may like to shop a little bit too much than he would probably prefer me to i've been working on it and i might like pizza a little too much but that's i think okay. mine sounds worse than your pizza <laughs> love your pizza's like five dollars anyways let's go on to the next point um this one's a big one for me actually 
um, is someone who talks about themselves too much. Narcissist, maybe? I don't know. All right. That might be a little a little grand. But yeah, someone who talks about themselves too much. It's I would say that's a deal breaker because if it's always just one sided and it just kind of gets annoying after a while hearing someone talk about themselves too much, I find anyway. Yeah. Or even if you have friend relationships, they never ask you about what you're up to in your life or things that you're doing that is exciting. Or I'm just like thinking of different scenarios that have happened to me in the past. I've had friends who like, I don't even think they know what I do for a living, my actual job and things like that just proves to me over time of like, okay, I just went and hung out with them the whole time. And they just talked about everything that they've been doing and didn't ask a single question about me. It doesn't make you feel very good. So imagine what that would feel like if it was your actual love partner. Not so good. Yeah. See, it's not that big of a deal breaker for me. I'm, again, a listener more than a talker. So if someone wants to just keep on talking about themselves, I'll be like, okay, sure. But after a while, I would just, I'd get tired of it, especially if you're just hearing the same stuff. But not that big a deal breaker for me. Big one for Lizzie. Number 10. Doesn't kiss you at red lights. This This sounds like a TikTok one. No, what is, like, I think we have it in our notes here. Like, I guess Travis and Courtney, this is, like, one of their things. I also want to say Aaron and I started doing this, like, five, six years ago. We've been slacking on it lately, but is that right? Like, timeline-wise, we've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, I don't know what started the conversation. If you were, I think you brought it up to me that I never kissed you at red lights. So then I made it a point that I would kiss her at every single red light, no matter what. But, yeah, I've obviously gotten away from that a bit. Mainly just because, I don't know. I I think this is just like a fun little intimate thing you can do with your partner. It doesn't have to be at red lights. Maybe it could be something else that you guys come up with as a a couple, but keeps it fun, keeps it interesting. When Aaron and I are just doing random things, going for walks, we come up with random little games too. We play this game called like Graveyards and Cows. Obviously, we do the kissing at red lights. Jasper. Yeah. Should we explain this? This is just a little fun if you guys want to do it. Yeah, it started with my buddy Jasper. So he told it to me. We went to PEI and he used to go to PEI in the summer with his family a lot. And they would play this game called Cows or Graveyards. If you got a cow, you would gain one point. Like if you just saw a cow in a field, a lot of cows in PEI. And if you saw a graveyard, everyone else in the car would lose a point. We went on a golf trip to PEI like probably four or five years ago now. Four years ago now? I think it was four. And Jasper was like, oh, we should play Cows and Graveyards and just something fun that you can play in the car. But now Lizzie and I play it literally everywhere we go. And obviously when we're walking through the city, there's not a lot of cows, but we could see the same graveyard every day on every walk. And one of us will be like, oh, graveyard. And the other one's like, shit. It's just fun. Yeah, we do Cows and Graveyards. Obviously the kissing at red lights. What's the other thing we do? Oh, we've been playing the license plates game. Yeah, I don't know if we've been playing. I know we had to like end that because I was losing so bad. It's just When you're in a car with your partner and either one of you is driving, you are making like a note in your notes app of different license plates, right? So all the different provinces, Canada, US, whatever else. Aaron Aaron has amazing eyesight. I got LASIK two years ago. And even then I don't have as good as eyes as he does. And he's way more attentive. But I don't know. I think we got stride track there. It's okay. This is just a fun one. Like not kissing our red lights. If we're at a red light, Aaron doesn't want to give me a kiss and lean over for it. I'll tease him about it and say, hey, you shithead are going to give me a kiss. You do the same thing for me, too. Just a nice way to bond periodically. Be safe. Like, keep an eye on the road and see what's happening around you. Yeah, definitely not a deal breaker, but try to have fun little games with your partner. Number 11. This is probably my number one or number two is your partner not taking care of themselves. It's really difficult to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't seem to care about their health and being, especially if that is something that is important to you. This includes like working out, eating healthy and hygiene. I don't, 
I really could not get past this. It doesn't matter if you're the hottest guy I've ever seen in my life. You make the most amount of money. If you stink, if you don't take care of yourself, I, I don't think I could be with you. And I could definitely see how this is not a deal breaker for a lot of people. If you're, you and your partner both don't have the best hygiene and don't take care, care of yourselves, as long as you love each other, that's fine. But definitely a deal breaker for Lizzie. She keeps me on my toes about my personal hygiene. And no, not, I don't want people to think that you have bad hygiene, but like I'm always coming up with like, not coming up with, but I'm having different things to integrate into our life to make our, make ourselves cleaner, more healthier, feeling good. That's what you're referring to. I don't want people to think that you like smell bad, but because you don't. <laughs> oh, thank you. But yeah, I think it's more so this would be a deal breaker in the sense that you should be able to have conversations with your partner and better yourself and better your partner and not be afraid to have those conversations together. And I guess since we are saying your partner doesn't take care of themselves, it doesn't necessarily have to mean hygienically. It could mean mentally as well. And if your partner is just always upset emotionally and are negative, negative like all the time, it's it can be a real burden to the other person in the relationship. People go through slumps. That's fine. But if you're just like that all the time, it's it's not fair to your partner. Like if you're just not going to go get any kind of help or try to change something in your life to make that better, then yeah. You don't want to see them hurt themselves more. And you can only do so much to change another person. So it's important that if there is something that bothers you about your partner, that you feel like they're not actually doing something to take care of themselves and level up in their life, have a conversation with them. But ultimately, it's up to them to improve their life physically, mental health wise. Yeah, this is important to me. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. Okay, next one. Your partner is too jealous. Isn't that this one's controversial, I think. You think it's controversial? I think this is pretty universal. Like no one wants a partner that's too jealous. You need a yeah. bit of freedom. Yeah, but I I want a little bit of jealousy. I don't want to be with someone who's not jealous at all. Because I'm like, you don't feel threatened at least a little bit of how cute I look and how sexy I am as a woman. I don't want you to be unhealthily like so jealous that you get mad at me and that you explode and you're stopping from me going out with my girlfriends and having a good time and dressing up nicely. Yeah, there's a line. You definitely want your partner to feel wanted and you want them to feel desired. They're still. desired still for sure. But there's a fine line, but there's definitely a line. If you say you're going out with your girlfriends, I might be like, oh, don't let any boys talk to you or some something like that. But yeah, in reality, I trust you. I know you're not going to do that, but it makes you feel wanted and it puts you on that edge. But if you're someone that's saying like, I want you home by eight o'clock, don't talk to any boys. Actually, I'll share a personal little story on this because I I feel like you haven't probably had some issues with it, but before going into a relationship with Aaron, I definitely found myself to be like more jealous than I normally would have been due to my past relationship because this level of control of someone being jealous, like I had experienced with my past relationship, it was awful. Like wanted access to my text messages, my phone, my Instagram, my Facebook, then would literally like when I would be in class, this was in college, when I would be in class, and I'd leave my iPad at home and he'd just stay in my dorm like it was just always an open door type of thing. He would go into my iPad because he knew what the code was and go on my Instagram and unfollow every single guy that I had met and followed from my childhood to new people in college. And then I would find it over time, like, why am I not following this person? I thought I was. And it was just this whole super toxic, unhealthy and dangerous behavior to get yourself into in a relationship. And it's get out before it reaches to a point where it gets even worse, which it honestly, it ended up getting a lot worse. And 
I've mentioned it before. I'll do another episode on this relationship, but it definitely gave me some PTSD going into a new relationship because then I started to think that way because I was treated that way for so long and it like felt like a normal thing to me. It's it's not a thing anymore, but yeah, you need a good healthy level of jealousy to just keep the fire going and the spark between you and your partner. But this isn't an issue for you and I. Like, no, it's just I don't worry about it. I don't think you worry about it. Yeah, again, just something to keep an eye on if you're in a situation where, like Lizzie just talked about, and your partner is doing that. Get the fuck out. At least have that conversation and be like, hey, you cannot do that. Yeah. But yeah, basically, if your partner is crazy, obsessive, and jealous... Deal break. Yeah, that's something. There's something wrong with that. It just means that also they're not confident in themselves. And I don't want to be with someone who's not confident in who they are as a person and our relationship. I like it when we go out to a bar with our friends and you might notice a guy trying to hit on me or get close to me. You'll grab me a little closer and put your hand on my hip. I think that's really sweet. And I'm like, ooh, Aaron's a little jealous. But then 10 seconds later, you're like on the other side of the room talking to one of our guy friends. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I. <laughs> I guess it's a bit of a jealousy thing, but it's more of a, yeah, this is mine. Yeah. Get the fuck. Yeah. Okay. Number 13, someone who's money obsessed. Now, this one is a little finicky, I would say. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. There's nothing wrong with setting financial goals. But if you are, and you know what? This works for some relationships. If you are money obsessed, like you like I, I think this is maybe more if your ideas of material things is so different if you've got two people who love buying luxury bags and cars and watches and spending money on travel that's great but if you and your partner are completely different on that maybe that would be a deal breaker if someone's very materialistic and you just care about that yeah i i mean i don't know I maybe say... or maybe they bend their morals and ethics to like pursue money in a certain type of way which would be a deal breaker you that know? would be a deal breaker yeah. for sure but i wouldn't say money obsessed is a deal breaker especially this day and age you need to go get that bread so yeah go get that bread just try to make sure it doesn't interfere too much with your relationship i see people whose marriages and relationships end because one person has chosen their work over the people that they love and forgetting to prioritize that like that's a bit of a detriment that can happen and grow over time, which you don't want to get to. So that I think maybe that's what we're more so referring to, right? But if you want to be some of these super highly successful people, sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. And maybe you just hope that your partner's there along for the ride to help and support you. It's just making sure that if you're someone who needs your partner to be spending a certain amount of time with you every week and they want to spend 80 hours a week working on their business so they they can make a ton of money, then just make sure that you have that conversation with them. And then if that's if your priorities are different, there's nothing wrong with that either. It's just maybe you guys aren't right for each other. Yeah. Okay, cool. Next one, big one for me, I would say is no sense of humor. Wait, are you, if you're saying that, that this is a big one for you, are you saying that I'm funny? Because you <laughs> often tell me that I'm not funny in a poking way. But, okay, come <laughs> wait, on. You guys, I don't say. I didn't know this. That's you're, sweet. Yeah, you're funny. Funny looking. No, okay. I'm just kidding. No, uh, this is a massive one for me too. I always look for this because sometimes I find myself being a little bit too serious and like a little, little tense. So definitely for me when I first met you, it was like you always made me laugh. You always were silly and funny and goofy. I don't want to be with someone boring like yeah. and bland. I think there's a difference between them not being funny and them not having a sense of humor. Like you have an excellent sense of humor. I wouldn't put you up there doing stand-up comedy or something, no. but you have an excellent sense of humor. Like you'll laugh at small stupid stuff or... Maybe something that might be, yeah, a little controversial or whatever. Like you and I have a good 
banter and laugh yes. when we're together. I agree. But I think that's a huge one that you need with your partner. Maybe you have a dry sense of humor or maybe you have a very vibrant, happy sense of humor and you only like certain jokes, whatever it is, just make sure that your senses of humor somewhat align because... If it doesn't, that's awkward. Yeah, like I probably crack some jokes that you're like, what the hell? You can't say that or, you know... But at the end of the day, it still makes me laugh. Yeah, you still, you know, you still find 90% of the things that... That I say or the reels that I'll show you or whatever funny and even and then when you don't it's you still find it funny because you're like how do you think I would find this funny <laughs> yeah I know it's so important to spend the rest of your life with someone who makes you laugh and happy this just reminds me of a time where I was seeing a guy who on a piece of paper was so great smart successful probably had a lot going for them really kind took me on great dates very caring listening And I remember my mom saying, like, why are you not dating him? I said, because, mom, he's not funny. There's nothing about him that makes me laugh. Every time I hang out with him, it's a good time. But he's not poking fun like I would want him to. And my dad is very funny. He's very humorous. And I've always been very attracted to that. So, yeah, this is a big one for me. I think it's a big one for a lot of people. Maybe you guys are just both not funny, laughable people. And that works for you. That's great. But for us, it doesn't because... You and I are both pretty Yeah, definitely a huge deal breaker. I like being happy and I think that laughter is something that is the most, or not maybe laughter, but humor is something that makes me the most happy. So yeah, Yeah. huge deal breaker for me. Okay. uh, Point number 15 is someone who constantly cancels. So I don't know, just not being reliable, saying that they're going to show up to things, not doing it, bailing last minute. Yeah, just not valuing someone else's time and respecting it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's there could be some like, why are you canceling? Is it because you've got shit going on? Are you seeing someone else? Are you talking to someone else? Like, why are you canceling on me all the time? Yeah. Or are you like not being an honest friend of being like, oh, I'll show up, but you really didn't want to go. But you lie to them saying that you're going to go and like things like that. This goes with the other point of like lying. It's about stupid shit. Like, yeah. And I think. It might take a couple of years for people to get back into the way things used to be pre-COVID, post-COVID. Like that's I'll give a bit of leeway for people if they're constantly canceling. Like maybe you just have anxiety. But I don't know. We're getting to two or three years now away from that. Or I don't know how long. But yeah. Yeah. Just don't cancel on people. Respect people's time. Or if you are going to cancel, have a good reason for it. Yeah. And be honest and like have the courage to be able to talk to them and be like, hey, I'm sorry, my bad. I'll try not to do this again. It just says it's not a good impression that you leave on people when you're constantly doing stuff like that. Yeah, deal break. Number 16, someone who always expects you to pay. Maybe this matters a little bit more in the beginning of a relationship, but I like to think of myself as a pretty equal. I think I'm pretty ambitious. Like I like to go get my own bread and money. So when I'm going on a date with people, I don't expect them to pay if a moment happens where a waiter just comes up and saying, how do we want to split the bill? I will always be the first person to say, can we get two? If a guy wants to pay for it, I will. I think that's very chivalrous, so kind, very nice. But I'm not going to continue to date someone and just expect them to pay for everything because things are fucking expensive. I'm not going to make a partner go broke by doing everything for me unless you're like a millionaire. We're talking your average person, not yeah. someone who, okay, if you're looking for a sugar mama or sugar daddy, then sure. Yeah, you can expect them to pay all you want. But for the average person just going out and meeting someone to get into a relationship with them, even if it's, let's say, someone's making $100,000 a year and the other person's making $30,000 a year. Yeah. Just have a small gesture to say, you know what? Hey, we're getting McDonald's. I'll pay for the McDonald's. You don't have to pay for everything, but 
it's definitely like you want to see that the other person cares. will make that effort a little bit. You and I, obviously, this was something that was very unspoken. But when you and I started seeing each other, it was so sweet. People would ask for the bill or whatever. And sometimes they'd ask if you wanted to separate or together. You were really nice in the beginning to be like, no, let me pay. I asked you on the date, like, let me pay. When I would ask you to go on a date, I would pay because I had asked you. So things like that, it was an unspoken rule that we had set for each other. And then as we started to get more into a relationship, like we just subconsciously knew we would just take turns. Like you got this last time, let me get it. And it was, I, I, I always really appreciated. And I think you felt that way too. And fellas, you can be chival chivalrous in other ways. Maybe pay for the first date or like Lizzie said, I think is a great idea. And what we did is if you're the one that suggests the date, pay for the date. Or just keep like a mental note, you know, if you kept doing things for a while and they kept paying. Maybe for the next couple, you should pay. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I guess all this to say and what we have on our notes here is just don't always expect the other person to pay. Yeah, it's different. I think when we now that we're engaged and we're going to be married, we're going to have probably a few credit cards are both of our own. And at that point, it's like your money, my money, my money is your money. But it's not the same case if you're just dating someone. So, yeah, just wanted to say that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 17, drastically different lifestyles. Now, this can be a huge deal breaker. It might not be because you should want to have a person that will show you different experiences and different ways of life. But there's definitely a line. If you're someone that just loves staying in, hates going out to parties, and you want to date this crazy party goer going out three nights a week, just always go, 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 go. It's not going to work. Probably not going to work. It might seem fun in the beginning, but I don't know. Like from my experience, that just does not work. It a different on the other side, it worked out really well for us when we first met because I was very city girl like and you were very much more into the outdoors and the difference in our lifestyles. I think we used as a benefit to open our eyes to different experiences. For me, a big part of my lifestyle before I'd met Aaron was going out to restaurants, trying new food. And I loved doing that. And you started to do a lot of those activities with me. And you were camping, hiking. I never really did that. Getting exposed to that lifestyle. Now we have a lifestyle together. We both like going out, having a good time, but not all the time. We like doing things outdoors a lot. But sometimes we like doing stuff inside too and just chilling on the couch, watching Netflix, eating a bunch of junk food. We also like to both work out. You can have different lifestyles when you first meet. Maybe just wait and see with the test of time to see where you guys do end up. But if still at the end of the day, you like very different things and you don't want to budge and you don't want to do the thing that your person likes, how are you going to spend time together? And this is something that might take a little while to realize before it becomes a deal breaker, because exactly like Lizzie said, you got to be willing to try. You have to be open to your partner's lifestyle because you never know, you might like it. But if you don't like it and that's their favorite thing in the world, it's great to go through life with a partner, but you really have to go through life with yourself in mind first and if you just hey you just love partying or you just love you want to be someone that lives in a van and wants to go rock climbing and make however much money and the other person wants to work the corporate lifestyle like rise grind their way to the top it's just that's not going to work in the long run i think it should be a deal breaker but definitely let it flourish let yourself realize that it's a deal breaker and then 
who knows if you can find a middle ground and if you realize that you want your lifestyle to be the other person then you'll find ways to make it work but yeah sometimes it really is just a huge deal breaker yeah i think sometimes people miss out on finding the people that they're meant to be with or maybe their soulmate or their partner by not even giving people a chance because they're so different from them i just feel like that's such a missed opportunity but you can't really control that people who are who they are yeah i know i couldn't agree more we can go over this one fairly quickly like point number 18 is just no shared values this is so like it is what it is if you guys don't have similar views and outlook on financial political cultural or societal issues and values within the world probably not going to work out i don't know if it's a deal breaker immediately but over time with a few of these things that we've mentioned if you start to realize that they have very different political stands on things that are happening in the world there's a lot of wiggle room there like yeah I, I think it's great to not have every value shared. It helps to gain another person's perspective on things. It can really change and open your mind. And especially with social media, you can get stuck and just keep getting fed what you want to hear and information you want to see. Mm -hmm. And it can really alter and shape someone's opinion. So it helps to have someone else that, you know, sees things differently or is getting fed other things and then you can talk about it. But if you have no shared values, then that is definitely a deal breaker eventually it's going to cause fights and eventually you're going to be like what is this person thinking how can you be so far away from me and yeah i just don't think that'll work no and if you want to have kids it's going to bleed into how you raise your kids and want them to grow up as human beings to hopefully contribute something positively to the world and if you guys don't align on that at the end of the road for other big life events to happen not your person deal breaker number 19 this was probably my number one when i look at this list this is like the first thing that comes to mind because i just know who i am is being with a partner who is unambitious not ambitious unambitious which is the right word i think it's unambitious sure why is this important to me i'm a very ambitious person i'm not expecting someone to be at my level i actually heard something that really stuck with me is within a partnership there's always one person who's very ambitious and the other person who's there to be their foundation and solid ground so when you look at a lot of these very highly successful CEOs and business people, one of their main commonalities is that they have a partner that is there to support them and keep them stable, keep them grounded and help them not relax. But do you know what I'm saying? You don't have to expect someone to be at the top with you, but at least want the same ambitious things in life with you. Yeah, you need a comfort, you need a rock, no matter how ambitious you are. But if you're someone who's ultra ambitious and you have a partner that's just sitting on the couch all day playing video games and won't help around the house or doesn't want to go get a job or doesn't want to like, do... pick up a new hobby, try something new, expand their brain in some way. I also just don't like people who are lazy. Maybe like the unambitious and lazy kind of go hand in hand. If someone is too lazy and really don't want to do anything can lead to them not having a drive to aspire to anything to do in life. I'm not saying you need to come up with a crazy invention. Just do, just, <laughs> just do. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to come up with an invention, thank God, because that wasn't one of my plans. But <laughs> Yeah, just have something that puts a fire underneath your butt that is different than what your partner is doing. Yeah, maybe passion would be a better word, yeah. but yeah. You're right, passion about something. Because if you have no passion, if you have no kind of will to live or reason to live then i don't yeah. know it's Good so luck. attractive when i see you doing things that you're really into and passionate about i'm like wow it's it's sexy i don't know another way to explain it but it's so attractive yeah hey i i agree couldn't agree more and i think you do a great job of that thanks you too babe no okay this is the last one okay last one 
they're unbelievably selfish. Now, this is a huge deal breaker. We all have to be selfish from time to time, and it's a big red flag if you're not at least a little bit selfish. But if it's always me, 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 you have to change your plans to accommodate me. You have to do this for me, or I have to do this, fuck you, for me. Yeah. Then it's... It's not good to take advantage of other people's kindness as well. By continuing to be so selfish, I know I don't know. Maybe it goes with someone who's a bit of a narcissist too. If they're only thinking about themselves, and it's really not worth your headache to deal with people like that. This is also, I think, one of the main reasons why relationships don't work out. Is people are just selfish. They don't want to compromise things that they want for themselves. Which, hey, be your independent person. Do what you want to do in life. Don't twist and change your morals to accommodate someone. That's not what we're talking about. It's just if you're not willing to compromise on things in your life for your relationship, then it's not going to work. On the other side, I'm going to talk about guys here, but guys whose relationships don't work out because they just want to spend all their free time with the boys. They want to go out drinking, go out partying, go golfing, and they don't have time to give to their partners. And a girlfriend's going to come up and be like, you're not hanging time with me. He's like, if you're going to have a problem with me hanging out with the boys, then I'm not going to be with you. That's selfish. And that relationship isn't going to work. Hey, you've got to spend some some time with the boys. People call their significant under their partner for a reason. This is your partner in crime, your partner in life. You should always try to make time for them and make sure that their needs are satisfied. It's also just showing that there are a priority to you. And if you start to date someone, hopefully they start to become more of your priority for the rest of your life. Every every relationship's a give and take. So just make sure that you are satisfying your partner's needs. And maybe this is before it's a full-on deal breaker. I've said it before. I'll say it again. (laughs) Have a conversation about it because... I don't know, like me and Lizzie, for instance, like I always take out the garbage and I always I usually do the dishes. And so sometimes Lizzie will be like, oh, I'm always cooking and whatever. And I'll say, hey, hold on. Like, yeah, I'm not that selfish. I take the garbage out. I do the dishes and I offer to help. But sometimes you don't want it or whatever the case may be. So sometimes you just need to be reminded of maybe your partner's not being selfish. Maybe they think you're satisfying their needs. And yeah, so don't let it be an immediate deal breaker have that conversation first. But if it just always, and then if you do bring it up and they're just fighting with you on it, then yeah, that's probably a deal breaker. Yeah, I'll I'll call myself out here too. I think there was a bit of a time where you felt like I was being pretty selfish because when I was really active in like posting content and taking pictures, like every walk we would go on would essentially be some sort of a content walk. Like I want you to take a picture of me for something. And I remember you said to me, and it really like, I mean, it hurt me in the moment, but it didn't change the fact that it was true. You're like, every time we go for a walk, all you want to do is take a picture. Like, why can't we just go for a walk? I feel like you're being selfish of your expectations of the situation and not thinking about me. And I was like, oh, fuck, you're so right. Maybe we should have more walks where we're not doing stuff for content and it's just quality time for us. And you talked to me about it. You brought it up and it made me reflect and go, yeah, I'm being fucking selfish. I should maybe chill out on the content. And a majority of our walks now are without content. Yeah, definitely. I like this episode. It's like it's nice to get a re-up on what your deal breakers are. And hopefully listening to this episode, it helped you guys realize some things in your relationship or help curate that list of what you're looking for in a partner. Don't just go breaking up with each other. Have the conversations first. A lot of these things are surface level. There's not a deep meaning behind them. Just some people, especially myself, don't realize that they're doing wrong when they're doing wrong. Just have the conversations. But yeah, those are our deal breakers. I'm sure there's more that we didn't think of. But if you're someone who's single, go through this list or create your own list that 
you want to check off and don't just friggin' go on a date with someone and say, hey, these what do are you my think? deal breakers. What do you think of all these things? Slowly over time, like keep them in mind because life's too short. You don't want to be wasting it on someone. So yeah. Give them that time to show themselves, prove themselves, have that conversation. But in the end, you should know what you want and don't waste your time. Yeah. Maybe listening to this episode, you didn't even realize that this was a deal breaker. And you're like, wait, I think it is on my list. And there's nothing wrong with having a list that you want from a partner. It's crazy if you've got a list of like 50 very specific things. That's a little unrealistic. But yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, no. I think that was a great episode. Okay, guys, so remember to like, subscribe, comment. What else do people do? Wait, this is not you two. Uh, <laughs> no, follow. Follow, like, rate, and catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcast yeah. at Beyond the Filters. We're also on Instagram. No, Beyond the Filters Podcast. Sorry, at Beyond the Filters Podcast. And yeah, am I, am I missing anything? No, you're good. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.